timing in life is everything. And it appears the timing for the Indianapolis Colts regarding COVID and the NFL is pretty damn good. This is Breakfast with Kent for Wednesday, December 29th, 2021. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. People calling every single day saying, hey, Ken Sterling told me. I got to call Dr. Mike O'Neill. Make an appointment. Yes, you do. Take great care of your teeth. Calling Dr. Mike. One of the first ways to get that done. 317-849-2933 is the number. All right, let's talk about the Colts. Let's talk about COVID. Carson Wentz, the other guys on the COVID list, 15 on the COVID list right now. They're going to be able to play Sunday. We're also going to talk about John Madden a little bit. John Madden passed away yesterday at the age of 85. An iconic image in three different ways where it comes to the NFL and a great ambassador for professional football and a great blueprint guy for broadcasters who want to succeed in that business. First, let's talk about Carson Wentz. We found out yesterday at 126, we got the email saying Carson Wentz is now on the COVID list. At that time, we didn't know whether he tested positive or had a close contact. However, given the care with which the Colts have tried to keep players safe from close contact, it was assumed that it was a positive test, which it was. At that moment, that would have necessitated a 10-day quarantine mandated by the NFL in keeping with previous CDC guidelines. The CDC earlier this week changed their guidelines from a 10-day quarantine to a 5-day quarantine. The NFL later yesterday followed suit, reducing four unvaccinated players its quarantine from 10 days to 5 days. So, all of a sudden... The window was open for Carson Wentz to be eligible to play this Sunday. A couple of things have to happen. He's got to be either asymptomatic or see a reduction in his symptoms. That has got to happen for him to be active on Sunday. Also, the timeline. The timeline's important. When was the test taken? When was it confirmed? Rapid testing, rapid result testing is what goes on at the Colts Complex. And then if there's a positive test, there's a second rapid result that is taken. And that result either confirms or calls into question the result of the first. Then there's the, uh, the more specific test that's sent off to the lab and the results are available the next day. We don't know exactly how things worked with Carson Wentz. We are uh, led to believe by a spokesman for the Indianapolis Colts, who I had a conversation with yesterday, that it was a rapid result test. The rapid result was confirmed. That happened yesterday. Yesterday, 1 o'clock, that is 120 hours before kickoff on Sunday. That 120 hours, that's the key for the, uh, for the quarantine. You've got to get through that period of time. Five complete days. Five times 24 is 120. For those of you not following the math, which I kind of glossed over. As importantly, everybody else on the list, vaccinated or unvaccinated, will be eligible to come off the COVID list prior to kickoff on Sunday against the Raiders. So that's Darius Leonard, Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, all those guys, Rocky Seen, Mark Lewinsky, Kamoko Ture. All those guys 
are going to be able to be activated on Sunday. So if instead of uh, Davenport, Julian Davenport and Chris Reed and uh, Danny Pinter and Matt Pryor being starters on the offensive line, uh, among others, if you've got Eric Fisher, who they're monitoring, he's got a peck, an ankle, a knee, and then Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, dealing with, obviously, he and his wife Emma, dealing with a personal loss that is absolutely tragic. If he's back on Sunday, if Mark Lewinsky's back on Sunday, if Braden Smith is back on Sunday, all of a sudden it's not that big a deal if Carson Wentz is unable to go on Sunday. If you've got Sam Ellinger understanding his role as a game manager behind that offensive line with Jonathan Taylor in the backfield and maybe a healthy Jack Doyle at tight end, or at least an ambulatory Jack Doyle at tight end, he, of course, suffering from an ankle and a knee, you got a chance to be almost whole offensively. And then adding back Kari Willis and Kamoko Ture, obviously Darius Leonard, Rocky Seen on the defensive side of the ball, and hopefully nobody else going on the list, you got a hell of a chance to beat the Raiders. And I told you yesterday what was going to happen with the line. Did I not? It was seven and a half. Colts favored by seven and a half when we did this yesterday morning. I said, watch that line, because if Carson Wentz goes on the COVID list, that thing is going to plummet, which it did, to Colts minus one and a half. So if you took the Raiders plus seven and a half, the Colts minus one and a half, you got a swing of six points where you are going to be able to cash both tickets without any exposure other than the VIG. Nice, right? The minus 110 or whatever. Nice. You could double up. If you bet a grand on each, you could win the two. If the Raiders lost Colts 1 by between 2 and 7 points, which is reasonably likely. Most NFL games fall within that spectrum of point differential. This is why you listen, for goodness sake. So now, hopefully, the COVID list doesn't expand and guys keep coming back after their five-day quarantines end. Frank Reich's going to talk about this at 11.15 today. We will go live immediately after Frank Reich's comments about all of this to the extent he shares. It might be a competitive advantage to not share a lot of stuff, and Frank Reich is known for being a little bit more than cagey with the, uh, with the media in terms of sharing that kind of information. So we will see. This is a fascinating week and a lot of fun. Um, if Wentz can't go, but everybody else can, I'm okay with Ellinger as, as the, the starting quarterback for one game against a team like the Raiders that has real problems stopping the run. Outstanding stuff. Yesterday was a horrible day to be a Colts fan, then it was a great day to be a Colts fan. Today, we'll see how it goes. Fascinating. Um, Indiana, UNC Asheville has been wiped from the schedule. It is canceled. It is not going to be rescheduled, obviously. Uh, Hoosiers are going to open up the Big Ten schedule this weekend. That's what we care about. This UNC Asheville game was going to be something to do on a Wednesday night, right? Purdue, as it stands right now, Purdue and Nichols, there a go. Butler and DePaul at Henkel, there a go as well. 
We'll see what happens with those games. Pacers, Charlotte tonight at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. That game's 7 o'clock on Bally Sports. All right, roster moves yesterday for the Colts. We'll go back to the Colts for a second. Joey Hunt was signed as a free agent. He, a, uh, he would come in as a backup center. Uh, they activated tackle Greg Sennett, and they signed safety DJ Swearinger to the practice squad. So there you go. You need safeties. They were down some safeties with Kari Willis down and Andrew Sendejo down with that concussion. Hopefully Sendejo able to come back this weekend. We'll see about Kari Willis. He's going to be eligible to come off the COVID list. We'll see if he does that. Some notes about Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is on the precipice of doing huge things, historic things this season. He needs 84 yards to pass Edron James' record as the all-time Colts uh, leading rusher for a season. That record stands today at 1,709. Like I said, Jonathan Taylor just 84 yards away. He leads the NFL with 1,962 scrimmage yards and 19 TDs. He can become the first uh, player ever in the history of the NFL who eclipses 20 uh, or uh, 20 TDs and 2,000 scrimmage yards in a season before he turns 23 years old. How about that for Jonathan Taylor? Uh, Colts, they've got 31 turnovers, which leads the NFL. They've forced 31 turnovers, and they have scored 115 points off those turnovers most in the NFL. This is how they win, and this is how they're going to beat the Raiders. This is how they're going to beat the Jaguars, and this is how they're going to win in the playoffs, assuming they're going to win in the playoffs. They're going to create turnovers, and they are going to run the football successfully. You do those two things, you got a really good chance to win. The Colts have won nine of their last 12 after starting this season 0-3. They are rolling. We know how they roll. Opponents know how they roll, and yet they're unable to stop them. That's what's going to happen with the Raiders. Derek Carr, he throws it to the other team on occasion. The Raiders' defense, they can't stop the run. This is a really good matchup for the Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium this Sunday, 1 o'clock. Game's going to be on Fox 59 if they're healthy enough to put their starters on the field. If they're able to do that, then this becomes a lot less dramatic of a game as you look at it, the Colts versus the Raiders. And then that Week 18 matchup at Jacksonville, you know what that is. That's tough right? When was the last time the Colts won at Jacksonville? It has been a while. Well, I, you know what? Uh, last year, I, I know that they have always split in Frank Reich's three seasons. Jacksonville's always a little bit tough. They're going to be playing for contracts, these guys. They know that some of them aren't coming back to the Jaguars, and they haven't had a very good season, so they're going to ball out, and it's going to be a tougher game than it looks to be on paper. I hope it isn't. I like drama-free games. I don't need for it to go down to the last five minutes. I don't. All right, let's talk about John Madden. John Madden is really, really interesting to me from a broadcasting perspective. All right, as a coach, no doubt John Madden, one of the best in the history of the game, the best winning percentage of any coach with at least 100 wins, uh, regular season wins. He was 103, 32, and 7 as a head coach for the Raiders, one of the best ever to do it. He brought a joy to coaching, a detail-orientedness 
to coaching, loved defense, learned under Don Coriel, who is one of the most innovative offensive coaches in the history of the National Football League. Uh, but what John Madden meant to me is, is he proves what we believe, right, in terms of broadcasting. To be a successful host, whether it's a TV or radio, all right, my business has been radio. You need to be four things. You need to be authentic, relevant, you need to have fun, and you need to be innovative. No one in the history of broadcasting has embodied all four of those at the level of John Wadden. Innovative, the telestrator, right? John Madden did that. John Madden was part of the development of the Madden series of video games and lent his voice to it for years. Huge development for the NFL. Really a great entry point for a lot of kids who wanted to learn about professional football and became entranced by professional football because of that video game. But on TV, always relevant, always said interesting things in his own authentic way. Utterly authentic, always authentic. When when the networks came to Madden and said, we want you to be a, a, you know, a TV analyst for games. Sure, but I don't fly. I hate flying. I'm claustrophobic, so you're going to have to work around that. What'd they do? The Madden Cruiser, right? You know, he was just him. And he was going to do things his way and say things in his own very, very unique way. And he really became the guy, the voice, the broadcaster. There have been two really important broadcasters in the history of the National Football League. None of them working today, by the way. And, and these are analysts. Yeah, the play-by-play guys, some of them very, very good, obviously. Jim Nance, wonderful. Uh, Al Michaels, wonderful. Uh, Joe Buck, I think, is wonderful. A lot of people don't, and I really don't understand that. However... John Madden and Howard Cosell became events unto themselves, and especially Madden. Cosell kind of opened the door on ABC with Monday Night Football and made that a primetime event. You can't just talk about football, and he didn't. John Madden talked about football in a way that we could all understand with a palpable passion for the game. He was phenomenal at what he did, and he showed exactly how it's done. Authentic, relevant, fun, innovative. Boom, 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 boom. That's what you have to be. You want to be a success in broadcasting. John Madden was, at the age of 85, passed away yesterday of undisclosed causes, but it was not an expected passing. Uh, Obviously, you know, sad to see him go, but he stopped being a weekly part of our lives quite a while back. Uh, Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we, on this kind of a cloudy Wednesday in central Indiana. Um, Lee Sterling, no relation, but a wonderful uh, guy in in the world of football wagering. Chris Kirshner, the the great Chris Kirshner, happy birthday. Kim Adamley and Nancy Denary celebrating a birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. We will be right back at, oh, hit subscribe, punch like, ring the bell. We'll be back immediately after Frank Reich finishes his media session. That is scheduled to begin this morning at 11.15. 
We will find out with specificity, the specificity he is willing to share about Carson Wentz, about Quentin Nelson, about Darius Leonard, uh, about Braden Smith, all these guys, what the new protocols mean for these guys and their ability to go this Sunday against the Raiders, a game the Colts really, really kind of need to win. If they win, they're in. If they win, they still got a shot at the AFC South. If they win, they still got a shot at the number one seed. If they lose, all is in doubt.